In verse 4, it says, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. Now, this was part of Jesus' Galilean ministry. And so by this time, many people already knew who Jesus was. He had gained quite a, quite a number of followers. And, and specifically, wherever he was, people would follow him. There were maybe at this time hundreds, if not thousands of people following him around after seeing the incredible miracles that he had done. And any time he would preach and teach, there would, he again would draw a crowd. But what we see happening here is something interesting where Jesus is with hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people, and he leaves all of them to hang out with the guy who's picking fish guts out of the net. Some of you who watch shows like Access Hollywood and E! Entertainment, you know what an A-lister is. An A-lister is someone who is famous, someone like a a famous movie actor, the lead singer of a band. Those are A-listers, and and typically A-listers hang out with a specific type of crowd, other A-listers, right? Well, Jesus, I guess you could say, in a sense, was an A-lister. He was the famous man in the region, the miracle worker. People knew who he was, but yet what did he do? He went away from the entire crowd and went to Peter, a guy who smelled like fish, to be with him. And, And what... Jesus said was something very unique, too. He says, well, let's go out. Let's, let's go fishing together. Realize what that meant. Going fishing, it didn't mean you just would throw your pole in the water. They would have to take the boat out into the lake. And this was a good portion of a day that Jesus was going to spend with one man, Peter. Now, I don't know about you, but living in New York City, where we have a number of A-listers living around, I think all of us might have some stories about how we saw someone famous. Maybe you saw them from a distance, you were able to wave at them. Maybe they even waved back. Maybe you were able to shake someone's hand who was famous. Right? Maybe they even talked to you, acknowledged you. Right? But how strange would it be if one of these A-listers actually pulled you aside and told you that they wanted to spend a good part of the day with you. But that's exactly what Jesus did with Peter. And not only that, what he had in mind was to spend a good part of the day with him and perform a miracle just for him. Individually, just for Peter. This great catch of fish. And he did that so that Peter could believe that he was the son of God. Now, the miracle that God showed to us had nothing to do with hundreds of pounds of fish, but the miracle they showed us was our baptism. And in your baptism, what God did was he turned your cold, dead heart of stone into a living, alive, spiritual life. That's what he did. It's an incredible miracle. Even though you can't see it, That's what he did, an incredible miracle. But what's really even more special about that is that as we talk about Jesus as the Savior of the world, what we see here is on the day of your baptism, when that miracle happened, he didn't go to the entire world. He went to you individually on that day 
He pulled you aside just like he did to Peter, and he performed a miracle for you so that you could believe that Jesus is the Son of God, so that you could believe exactly who he is. That's what our baptism means to us, and that's what our Savior means to us. The Savior of the world, but even more so the Savior of me. The Savior of you, individually. Now you notice what happened after Peter recognized this incredible miracle. Did you hear what he said? It says this in verse 8. He fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Peter felt unworthy to be in the presence of God. And who knows what he was thinking about this time. Maybe he was thinking back to his sins in the past. Some things that he did. We don't know exactly what specific sins in the past that Peter must have felt guilty about. But it doesn't really matter. He knew he was a sinner, and even more so, he knew that he was standing in the presence of a holy God. And that caused him to say, go away from me, Lord. I am a a sinful man. You and I may ask from time to time, just wonder, why me? Why did God come to me? Why did he come into my life? And especially that question gets difficult when we think about the different sins that we've committed in our own life. It gets difficult when we compare ourselves to other people who seem to be kinder, who seem to be more loving, who seem to be more disciplined, who seem to be better parents, better friends. We ask the question, why? Why me? And really, it's a, it's a bad question. Instead of looking at ourselves and wondering, why me? Looking inside of us, we really should be looking at who is he? Who is Jesus? And when you ask that question, who is he? Well, in our text we see Jesus is the kind of person who walks away from the crowds of people and hangs out with a guy who's picking fish guts out of the net. Jesus is the kind of person who loves unconditionally to the point where even though he realizes that he is holy and Peter is a sinful human being, he still says to him, when Peter says to him, get away from me, Lord, he says back, do not be afraid. Who is Jesus? He is grace. He is love. He is unconditional love. And that can be a hard concept for us to grasp when we consider the question, why me? Because we're constantly trying to compare ourselves to other people and trying to find something inside of ourselves that would make us worthy for God to come to us. Well, guess what? You're not going to find anything. But when you look at him, when you look at his love, then it starts to make sense. And you see it most clearly when you see our Savior going to the cross for us when he sacrificed his life for you and me to remove all of our sins, when he went through all that pain for us, when he suffered hell itself for you and me, so we could be saved, so we could be forgiven, so that he could say to us, do not be afraid. You have no reason to be afraid. Now here's something that I want you to think about. If, if you and I are people who from time to time will ask the question, Why me? Why would God come to a person like me? How much more so are other people, people who have considered, who have committed far worse sins in their life, far more often, people who aren't in God's word as often as we might be, people who don't have as strong as a faith as we might be, people who don't even come to church, how much more so are they asking that question, 
Why me? Why would God ever come to me? How many people are struggling with guilt in this world? How many people don't know about the unconditional love of our Savior? And who's going to tell them? Well, that's the next point that I want to talk about in this sermon today that we see in our lesson. See, what we see that's interesting in this lesson is that Jesus not only goes to the point of of coming to this unworthy person, Peter, but he also enlists him as one of his servants. It's similar to the President of the United States, Barack Obama. He has a unique power that he is able to pardon someone who commits a crime. I think it's once a year he usually does that. He pardons someone. So this person who was found guilty is now declared innocent by the President of the United States. What What an incredible honor that would be to be the one person who gets pardoned by the President of the United States, right? But it would be a double honor, wouldn't it? If after pardoning a person, he would then enlist them as a member of his secret service, that would be a double honor. And that, yet that's what our God, our Savior, has done for us. He doesn't just go to you to forgive your sins, but what he does is he enlists you as a servant of his to take this precious message out to more people. See, Peter just got done telling him that he didn't even deserve to be in his presence. And Jesus not only tells him that he does not be a, need to be afraid, but he says this, from now on, you will catch men. You, a blue-collar worker, you who aren't that educated, you who aren't that good at fishing unless a miracle is happening, you, Peter, I'm coming to you to enlist you as one of my servants. It says, so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. We already talked about the question, why me, and how it's it's unnatural for us to um, understand why God would want to come to a person like me, since we are so unworthy. But he comes to us anyways, out of grace, out of his unconditional love. But it's just as unnatural for us to think about ourselves as missionaries, as fishers of men, as people who are enlisted in service to a holy God. How many of you on a daily basis see yourself as a missionary? How many of you in every conversation that you have with somebody else, whether it be at work or a friend, have in the back of your mind the thought, how can I get, turn this into a conversation where I can let them know about my faith and about my Savior? How can I somehow maybe invite them to church with me? How can I somehow invite them to maybe a small group Bible study? How many of you do that on a daily basis? Maybe you do once in a while, right? But I've heard far more of you tell me that that it can be very intimidating to share your faith with other people and to let other people, and to be that fisher of men. Some of you feel like you're not trained well enough. Some of you feel like if they had a good question for you, you wouldn't know how to answer. But what Here's the assurance that I want to give to you, that that God has not just left us alone, but he's given you something powerful. He's given you his word. And he promises you that he's going to do the work. He just wants you to have your pole in the water. This last summer, when we went camping in in Tennessee, um, we went to this campground where there's this little pond in the middle of the campground. 
And the lady at the front desk told me that just the week before, they stocked this thing full of rainbow trout. And so I'm walking down to the pond with three fishing poles in my hand, and there must have been, my parents are up to around 20-some grandkids now, three poles and 20-some grandkids, and the entire time my job was to put on worms and take off fish, put on worms and take off fish. And it was constant. It was immediately, as those worms hit the water, another rainbow trout would be caught, and we'd be reeling them in. It was packed full of rainbow trout. It was the best fishing trip ever. We ate pretty good that day. But that's exactly what it's like fishing for men in this world. The world is hungry for God's word. They just don't know it yet. And you are the pole. So we have to have our lines in the water. Now, how can you do that? How can you have your lines in the water ready with God's word? Well, there's a number of ways, right? Inviting people to church is an obvious way. Inviting people to one of the small group Bible studies. You could even tell them, hey, you know, that's a good question you had about, about religion. Let me ask my pastor. Or would you like to talk to my pastor about that? Another one I think that, that we need to take advantage of right now is the movie that came out, Son of God. Is a lot of times people will feel uncomfortable talking about religion, talking about their faith. But everybody likes talking about movies, right? And so just bringing up that movie and saying, hey, did you see that new movie yet? You can talk about who Jesus is right there. And even give them one of our little business cards that says, hey, we're doing a, a sermon series on this movie, on the Son of God. You should come. Find out who our Savior really is. Jesus is the Savior of the world. He, he came to us even though we are unworthy and He made us His own, but He didn't stop there. Even though we are unworthy and we're not completely prepared, He comes to us and He makes us His servants and He enlists us in His army of missionaries. What an incredible privilege. So let's make sure that we have our poles in the water. Amen.